You're not recording, are you? Twinkle little star. Oh, sorry. We're not doing that bit this week. Okay. <laughs> Next week. Next week. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Oh, my gosh. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Broken Art Podcast. My name is Adam, your co-host. My name is Callie Medley, your other co-host. The Broken Art Podcast is where we talk about all things music, theater, the performing arts, everything else in between, and all with our amateur expertise. I am so excited to see you. We haven't recorded in two weeks. I know. We hope that you guys enjoyed our tone, Poor and Tony's episode where we went through all the nominees and their backgrounds. Hopefully that gives you a little bit more insight into uh, who they are because I feel like that's never talked about. No. Um, <laughs> I saw a tweet on the twitters.com that said uh, the Tonys were finally announced are gonna happen December 32nd. And at this point, 32nd, yep. <laughs> you almost had me there. I was like, I did not, not see that. almost had you, I did have you, I did have you. Um, let's, let's do some catch up. How have, you, how have you been my friend past two weeks? I've been good. Um, I cut this out of the last episode because I felt like, I didn't want to talk about it, but I guess I'll talk about it now. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've had a pretty busy week. Uh, I was cast in a reading uh, that is being done in person, but we're filming it. So instead of it being performed for an audience, it's just going to be filmed. And so I've been having rehearsals for that um, in person. And it's crazy, first of all. Just like, I first of all, I feel so immensely fortunate and lucky to be able to do a thing that a lot of people can't do right now. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, it's not a lot, but, you know, it's something. And it's a full-length show. Um, and, like, doing plays, doing theater, or anything right now is so tricky because of... Yeah. It, it's they have all these rules about how to operate under COVID restrictions. And so we always have to be like four to six feet apart at least. Um, we can't exchange anything. So even if the script calls for like, oh, well, my character passes his character a piece of paper. We can't actually do that unless we're wearing gloves, then we're not going to wear gloves. So we have to like figure out a way to like pantomime it on film, but like not, it's so crazy. Mm -hmm. And like, we have COVID monitors that are there all the time. They're wiping things down. Like we take temperatures every day. We do a questionnaire every day. I mean, it's like intense. And I feel like, like it, it's an interesting obstacle that I, I knew it was gonna be there, but mm -hmm. it, it's like crazy how prevalent it is and how tricky it is to work around it in the context of a, of a regular play. You know, you have characters that that embrace or that, you know, there are so, so many things to be said about a hand on top of another hand and what that represents and, and not being able to do that. It's, it's fascinating. 
Oh my gosh. Well, I like whenever you get gigs like this or stuff like that, I just think you're the coolest person in the world. <laughs> and, you know, I really think that to do something like this, the emotional tax and like mental tax that you kind of have to go through when doing this because it's such a brain switch, like you already acknowledge that it's a great privilege that you get to do this, but there's a, a lot of cost, uh, cost benefit analysis sort of thing that's happening um, with all of these restrictions and being a part and the, the thing with the gloves. Um, and that's just gonna be like the new reality. I mean, at this point when we're, we're recording, you know, uh, as I, I was reading on the Washington Post this morning that they could be ready to start hauling out vaccinations as early as January um, to our healthcare workers. So, I mean, it's good, but for on mass for non-essential workers to get it, the regular Joe Schmoes, that's gonna take till um, June. So that's gonna be uh, our lives still for another six months. That's mm -hmm. how we have to adapt to make things work. Mm -hmm. um, and I still think that's super awesome that you get to do it. Yeah, I mean, like all that being said, like being able to to work on something and to delve into an, a character and and like and have it, it, it it's for something you know it, it's this is going to be a product um not to like buy necessarily but like it's it's a it's a show it is something that that is official and that i'm working on and like that feels that in itself feels so good the first day of rehearsals i came back and i i was like on cloud nine i was like holy cow um and it's like and and coincidentally it's it's uh my first paid gig since being in new york uh post open char and so i can officially say that i started working in new york city in a pandemic <laughs> perseverance hard work collaboration under stressful situations, I'd hire you. <laughs> yeah, so it's been fun. So that's kind of been uh, consuming my week, but, oh, and you'll also notice if you're watching uh, YouTube at all, <laughs> I should mention this, um, I look a little cozier. I yeah. am cozier. What the heck, uh, Callie would not tell me no. why this happened. She's like, wait for the podcast. I was like, what the heck? I thought you were in your living room. What's going on here? No, yeah. So we bought a Christmas tree. Oh, Mazel Tov. Oh, I guess not Mazel Tov. Weekend. Oh, yeah. We bought a Christmas tree. And growing up, I always had a, um, a fig tree that we just took out every year. And it was dinky. It was like five feet tall. Mm. And so my roommate and I went out and bought an actual real Christmas tree. So it's my first really? Christmas with a real tree. And the smells, first of all, the smells are so good. Our living room is just filled with that mapley, piney. Oh my goodness. Oh, I don't have my sense of smell back. I feel so sad. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> about that later. Keep going. Keep going. Um, but yeah, so we had, it's huge. It, it's big. Um, we kind of fell in love with the tree right away and it was way too much money, but we needed to, to get it because we just, it, it was, it was too great. 
And so it's huge and we needed to move the chair and the lamp because there was no room for it in our tiny New York living room. Mm -hmm. And so now they sit in my room. Uh, so as you, if you can tell, I don't have the TV behind me. I don't have the Broken Art Podcast logo behind me. But I am in a very, very comfortable chair and I feel relaxed. I feel like we're just chilling. I kind of like this setup. I kind of like this too. You know, we're we're both at our desk. Like when I get my new place, maybe I'll get like a bean bag, you know. Ooh, we'll have yeah. like a robe on with some tea. Yeah. I'll have like a fireplace on my TV in the background, you know. We'll get cozy. <laughs> cozy. We'll get COVID. Speaking of. Oh my god. Adam, what did you do? What did you do? <laughs> Well, um, someone told me to stop licking doorknobs, but I just didn't <laughs> listen. No, um, even with um, taking some, uh, t taking all the precautions um, that I could, um, I ended up getting the COVID-19. Um, I got it uh, about two and yeah, it's about two weeks ago, a little over two weeks ago at this point. Obviously, I'm um, okay right now. I'm feeling fine. But um, I was in contact with someone on Sunday when I was at work. Um, and by Wednesday, when we were recording the Horn Tony's episode, I kept complaining when we had breaks and stuff that my throat was feeling really dry. And I thought it was just yeah. because I thought it was just because I was like talking too much. I didn't have water. I think I had Excuse me, I think I had coffee with me because we were recording later and I'm a tired old man. So I had that sore throat and I didn't think anything of it. I just thought my voice was tired. The next morning I'm at school, I'm working and I get this little like, <clears throat> you know, I get this little like kind of cough. And I'm like, oh yeah, this usually happens when I'm, you know, when I'm feeling like this or whatever. And I'm, you know, I'm my, uh, my cooperating teachers on one side of the room, I'm on the way other side of this uh, big classroom and I, and I have my mask on, I'm just like doing these little coffee things. And then I get a text um, saying that I, the person that I was in contact with um, just tested positive for the COVID-19. And I'm like, yeah. oh crud, I gotta go. <laughs> so, and it was the weirdest 72 hours ever. So I go, I get, I go get spit tested and everything. I get the text at like 10.30. I text at 10.30, I go get tested at like noon. By five o'clock, I feel like garbage. I feel, so this, the cough just got 10 times worse. Um, Do you I, think I, that was because you were like, making yourself like believe that you had COVID or? That was the thing, right? It's because I didn't want to believe I had COVID because I had to quarantine um, later in the summer. Um, and I, you know, I thought I had COVID, but I didn't, but I still needed to quarantine because I had like some light symptoms, you know, and I have all this sinus and lung problems I've had my entire life. So like, I didn't think of it, but I still had to get tested, you know? Mm -hmm. But that night, I literally am up the entire night coughing. My muscles hurt. 
I have a fever, I'm sweating. Um, my throat is on fire. And at one point, my entire chest cavity was in so much pain. I, I should have called the ambulance, but I didn't. Mm. I was up the entire night. The next day I was absolutely miserable. And then Saturday, my symptoms started going away. But then I lost my sense of smell, my sense of taste. Um, but the next day I got my sense of taste back, but I still don't have my sense of smell back, you know, 14 days later. That's spooky. <laughs> Isn't it? And the weird thing is that I was, um, I was trapped in my, it wasn't trapped. I, you know, I lived with roommates and stuff. So I wanted to keep them safe and they obviously didn't want to get the COVID-19. So I'm stuck in my room for 10 days, you know, um, watching TV. And when I tell you my butt hurt from sitting so much or that I was tired of watching TV, it was like, I was getting so stir crazy. And this was over Thanksgiving and I wasn't planning to go home to see my family anyway, because why would I, well, there's a pandemic going on. Mm -hmm. uh, I was, you know, that was the day I was feeling really, really sad out of nowhere. The one day that I was like feeling really, really, really sad was on Thanksgiving. But the day after that, I did Black Friday shopping online and I felt so much better. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm back at work. Um, I'm starting a new um, research project on the side um, for me, some like musicology nerdy thing that I won't go into. Um, but on Saturday, Saturday is my birthday. So I guess it all turned out a-okay. So I have my sense of smell, but my birthday's on Saturday. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I totally get the bed sores are a real thing. Bed sores are a real thing. And I just, I, I get them from just, you know, being lazy. <laughs> I'm the, you know, that's why I think we bond so much. Because, well, minus the whole, like, you actually working out thing and, like, me kind of being like, go you. I, I, the gyms opened up back in, uh, like, September. And I work at a gym as, like, a front desk person. And I have only ever gone to work out at the gym one time since they've opened. I have not been doing good That's my that. excuse, too. No, I work at the gym and I just yeah I work at the gym so I'm like around people who are working out so I work out by proxy I think that's what I was about to say like <laughs> via osmosis you know the you know the sweat and hormones get in the air and then that that says it's like when you're like having celery it's like negative calories or whatever it gets in there and you know all these things um but that is completely off topic what are we doing for this episode today, Callie. What's happening? Well, I just, I woke up this morning and I got that little notification on Spotify that was like, hey, here's your 2020 wrap up. And I saw you post yours and they're so funny. And so I thought that we should talk about our top music of 2020 per Spotify. Yes. Um, super excited about this. Listen, folks. I trust Spotify. Like oh. they are so good at the music game. 
Um, it's great. I love Spotify. I've been using Spotify since 2015, I think. So it's been about, I've been long time. Uh, first time caller, long time fan. Oh so my God. <laughs> every year I look on this wrap up and I'm like, that's not, that's not, I did not do that. But if I sit down and really think about this existential crisis, <laughs> it says a lot about how I listen to music. So let's just get on to it. Um, I have things sorted up by category. So um, we can talk about things. So we'll talk about like the different music categories. And then also kind of sandwich in between there, um, I put in like the podcast category. Sure. Or reprieve. So um, <clears throat> I think we can do this in like reverse order, like five, four, three, two, one sort of things. Okay. So let's start with you, starting with genres. What were your top five genres from your five to one? Well, first of all, I want to uh, applaud myself. Oh, geez. Oh, geez. I sound so conceited. <laughs> it says you listen to 338 genres this year, including 111 new ones. I didn't know there was more than like seven, <laughs> 17 genres, first of all. So my, my top genres, which I'm, I'm pretty proud of this. Number yeah. one. Oh, wait, are we going five, four, three, two, one? Five, four, oh, five, four, three. So five is mellow gold, which just sounds sexy. I love that. Nice. I like that. There's a vibe. Number four is indie folk. Makes sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Number three, funk. Okay. Yes. I love funk is like my life. Number two is pop, which I was like, all right, well, there's a lot of things that constitute as pop. So I guess that sure. makes sense. Number one is Indie Soul. Yes. And, you know, I definitely hear the influences of when you were doing your album. Yeah. Yeah. That was funk and Indie Soul and stuff. I, you know, you were saying that that was a lot of inspiration for what you were writing for. So I think that's cool. I like that a lot. Or were there any? Uh, okay. What was like, duh, the obvious one? What was, did you have any like surprises on there for you that you were like, what the heck? Where did you? Um, well, I didn't know Mellow Gold was a genre. So I'm like, like just like the sound of it, I'm like, oh yeah, that like I get that. And that's really cool. It's a really cool genre. That's a really cool genre. I yeah. Like I mean, I love funk. I love, I love funk. I love jazz funk. Um, and so like that was totally like no brainer. I was surprised that it, landed third place actually but I will say one thing about Spotify um I love 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 Spotify so much because of its algorithm like you you touched on this a little bit earlier um but like like those discover weeklies and the um the playlist that they'll make for you I that is how I discovered so many new artists and like I would go to, I would really like a song, right? And I would, I would like it and I would go to their profile and it's like, this is their only song that they released like this year or last year. Like they're super new. So they're like, Spotify is amazing for new independent artists. And I, I just, I have so much respect for, for them making an effort to get those people heard. Yeah, there's, there's something to be said um, about the exposure 
thing. I was reading up on some things the other day about like kind of like some payment issues that may have. We can talk about that in like a future. Yeah, episode. yeah. That'd be a fun episode. Just talking about like artist streaming. Totally. Um, but yeah, I've discovered so many new artists via those Discover Weeklies. Um, maybe is not maybe not as much as I would like from my list, but. <laughs> Uh, all right let's let's go down here five to one all right like i said folks this was okay so my alarm goes off at 5 30. i get an email from washington post in the morning and it's i, I think this morning this was like spotify weekly so i go on my spotify and like i said it's like meeting a new person every single year when I think about it, I drag myself a little bit. All right, number five, pop. Okay, yep, pop, I listen to pop artists, you know, all, all the time, I guess, it's number five. Number four, choral. Word. <laughs> That's why I put this on my private story. I did not put it on my public story. <laughs> number three, <laughs> country <laughs> which is like hold on hold on i've never known you to like any country song other than what's that what's that song that you really like with the violins the which one <laughs> one that we did for this summer for valley fair and you're like oh my gosh that's my favorite song in the world oh uh take me on country roads yeah <laughs> right okay so i have this play okay so like, like I said, this, it's my birthday on Saturday, so I can talk a little bit. <laughs> yes, you can. Okay. Good point. So I grew up in small town, Southwest Minnesota. Um, and I did not, hand to God, I was not exposed to pop music. Like when I was in middle school, it was like the Lady Gaga's, Justin Bieber was starting to be a big thing. All of those artists in that generation, I wasn't exposed to those till I moved when I was in sixth grade. So what does rural Minnesota listen to? Country. So I have a playlist and I rediscovered my love for country. I rediscovered it um, from a road trip that I did to this professional conference with a friend of mine. And we just listened to these old like country hits and country standards. Like people who know me know that what my favorite artist of all time is Dolly Parton. I love Dolly Parton. She Which is, respect respect she is a modern day mozart with um the amount of songs that she's written she's absolutely phenomenal but boy that brought me down a rabbit hole of listening to like reba and brad paisley and oh. all these people so i have this playlist called rootin tootin playlist which is like four hours of my favorite country tunes so apparently i listen to that a lot oh okay? my god Okay. We're not even to the top two yet, folks. All right. Number two, and this was the weirdest category name ever. I looked at it and for a second I was like, what? Um, adult standards. I know. <laughs> what does that mean? What does that mean? So I was thinking about it for a hot second. And um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say what I think it means and I'm gonna look it up while on this podcast. Oh, I love that. So I think it means, so again, growing up in small town, Southwest Minnesota, my mom used to have this Jeep 
and in this Jeep was a cassette player. And the only things we listened to in this cassette player was like 60s music. So I have a deep love for 60s music and by proxy, you know, music of baby boomers. I love it so much. And I have this literally nine hour long playlist that I call nostalgia of my all time favorite music um, things uh, written before 1990. So that's what I think adult standards are. So I'm going to go to Google right now. So pre-90s. Pre-90s. That's what I think it is. Okay. You know, so far this list is showing me not just a different person, but so far four different people. (laughs) My my list was pretty uh, consistent and pretty, you know, all together. And yours is like, no, we're going to do all different sides of the spectrum. And I was right. I was right. I was right. Yep. Really? Is music. So like, um, so I'm seeing people like Andy Williams, Doris Day, the song Tennessee Waltz, um, Bobby Vinton, Peggy Lee, um, L-O-V-E by Nat King Cole. Yeah. Um, so that tracks, that tracks for me. Um, <laughs> okay, final one, complete left field, um, show tunes. Apparently, my top genre this year was show tunes. Apparently, listened to a lot of musical theater this year. I don't remember, I don't remember listening to a lot of musical theater this year. <laughs> I thought, that I grew out of my musical theater phase like two, three years ago, just listening to show tunes constantly. Mm-hmm. But I think because I have like a lot of show tunes on like my favorite playlist, I have this thing called My Faves. It's my favorite songs of all time. And I have where I have Candy Store from Heather's. Um, yes. I have um, just a variety of musicals. So yeah, those are my top five genres just five different people five different people but when I talk about it and think about it yeah of course pop you know I I was exposed to it later in life choral music it's my job I love choral music um I'm surprised country showed up I didn't I wanted to keep that hidden um (laughs) I I can I can back you up on the adult standards is whatever they call it because there was a slide on there on Spotify's little um, presentation of your of your review, which was so sweet. I loved how they did that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it says that um, out of all the Spotify listeners, the genre, the or no, not the genre, the decade that I listened to more than than most was seventies. Really, seventies music. Mine was the 90s. Then six different people. (laughs) Six different people. But a lot of my favorite country songs came from the 90s. Yeah. A lot of favorite country songs came from the 90s. Great time. Okay, sorry. All right, so uh, my top songs, this is... (laughs) This was really exposing, I gotta say. <laughs> All right, so my top, number five is 100 Years From Now by Theo Katzman. 
Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Number four is You Could Be President by Theo Katzman. Oh, okay. I'm seeing that. Number three is The Death of Us by Theo Katzman. <laughs> Number two is Like a Woman Scorned by Theo Katzman. And, and number one was What Did You Mean When You Said Love by Theo Katzman. I, wow. all of my songs are from not only the same artist, but the same album. That those all came from his most recent album. The oh consistency. Yeah, I so Theo Katzman um is is a, a member of my all-time favorite band right now, Wolfpack. That's it's like Wolfpack, but with a but oui. but German. Wolfpack. But it's German, <laughs> yeah. Um, and they do uh, jazz funk and, and just funky, funky tunes. And Theo, the, the wonderful thing about Wolfpack is that they let their artists and whoever they collaborate with, they, you know, it's like, I want you to make your own music. I want you to go out. And so Theo is, is an amazing, amazing songwriter, amazing lyricist. This guy plays piano, drums, guitar. He... Um, he yeah he does voice box no it's like the tube that you like connect to your uh guitar and so you just have the tube in your mouth and you kind of like sing and the guitar makes this like voice box think of like uh bon jovi like uh uh living on a prayer i think that's one that has it i think i think that's yeah um but i know he wasn't on my top five list i can't tell (laughs) but i i cannot recommend him enough wolfpack and theo but i i really have been connecting with theo's music and i actually got to see him in brooklyn this year when he toured uh in january no in in february somewhere i don't know but i got to see him at the brooklyn bowl and and i I got to like, I, I weaseled my way up to the very front of the stage. And there were so many points where like, I got Theo's like direct eye contact and like, he'd be like, yeah. And I'd be like, yeah. It's like just on cloud nine. So like, I, I, I don't know. I, I just, I can't recommend him enough, obviously, because there's some sort of obsession there. There's not. All, <laughs> all five. The it's so consistency, phenomenal. Dedicated. Dedicated fan. Um, Long time fan, first time caller. <laughs> uh, just great. Um, I love our contrast because n- n- nothing tracks on mine. I want you to think about my top five genres. Yeah, I cannot. I cannot wait for where this roller coaster is gonna go. And I'm going to have to explain myself. <laughs> I'm not going right. to apologize. I'm going to have to explain myself. All right. All right. So my song to the year. Number five. <laughs> Remember by flow. Talk about that in a hot second. Number four. You can't beat God giving by Billy Preston. And the version is sung by the Gospel Pioneers Reunion Concert. 
Number three, Elgar's Cello Concerto in E minor. <laughs> what? Now, number two, my favorite song of all time, my number one favorite song, Landslide by Fleetwood Mac. That's only my number two. <laughs> my number one, completely off guard. Take five, Dave Brubeck Quartet. Take five. I don't know what that is. What is that? Uh, uh, but it's yeah, the, please uh, a snippet. Yeah, yeah, hold on. Uh, let me see if I remember it goes with. Okay. And the trumpet comes in. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah, I actually do. I, I recognize that. Okay. What? Okay. Remember my flow. Okay. We are in the middle of a global pandemic, everyone. Okay. I needed stuff to binge. So I have the Hulu's and the Netflix's and all that. And like many men of my age, we grew up during the Cartoon Network era. And we had this thing um, called Toonami. It was a thing that was on like after six o'clock. You know, when it had like more like teenage cartoon things, you know, for, for the boys or whatever. And there is this one, this anime called Naruto. And Remember by Flow is the eighth opener for the original Naruto. <laughs> That's so specific. So I rewatched Naruto um, these past couple months and that one, bye. Okay, I'm dragging myself again. I'm I'm not sorry. I'm explaining myself. I'm not sorry. <laughs> I have a playlist. It's on private, so no one can, because it was my deep, dark secret. I have all these anime openers and closers that are just absolute bops. And apparently, I listened to this Naruto one. Apparently. Um, number four. I love gospel. You can't be God giving. I have that song memorized. I love it so, so much. Elgar Chell Concerto in E minor. Um, my favorite concerto, uh, my favorite string concerto of all time. So good, so good. I'm surprised that um, Ravel's Piano Concerto in G was on there because I thought it was going to be on there. I guess it's not. Landslide, Fleetwood Mac, favorite song of all time. But take five. Literally, literally out of nowhere. I think it's because um, I took a jazz studies class this last year, so I really got back into jazz. Mm. Um, and when we're in this global pandemic at the end of the semester, I listened to um, a jazz playlist. And apparently the, this one came up a bunch. And then I found a love for the Dave Quartet um, in the summer. I love the song, don't get me wrong, but literally out of nowhere. Consistency for you, dumpster fire for me. You know, I think this just goes to prove that you have a much uh, more well-rounded ear. You know, I, <laughs> I, I, I feel like, like, I feel like, I feel like I used to like pride myself. I was like, yeah, I listen to so many different kinds of music. Like I like all these genres. No, 
I, I, this has really exposed me. I'm really just a jazz funk and soul girl, you know, I. Well, I think, you know, cause that's the kind of thing like I envy though, you know, that's like the, I want to be the kind of person that's like, oh, I know this genre. I love this genre. I'm going to be good. I'm going to know so much about this genre. Mm -hmm. Apparently, I'm not, I thought I was. It's like a <laughs> genre thing. Yes, no. I do podcasts. Podcast. I love podcasts. Well, okay, so we have our own podcast. Um, which I love. I love our podcast. I do too. I also love other podcasts as well. Um, Are you cheating on me? I am cheating on you with other podcasts. Are you cheating on the podcast? <laughs> I appear on other podcasts. Uh, <laughs> You're fired. So um, let's talk about, you know, five to one. And then just like, because I probably won't know a lot of your, you just give us a brief synopsis. Totally. The podcast you listen to. So yeah, go for it. Inspire me and recommend something. Um, so I actually don't really listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, I, I started listening to them during work, during working at Open Jar, just because that that was a really good way to pass the time and one of them that I just I ended up coming across which actually um is is I'm gonna start with my top one because I think that's just but okay. um Conan O'Brien needs a friend oh that's on mine too <gasps> really yeah. oh my gosh we're so like best friends what the heck um, we're like besties. Have we ever talked about that? No, we've never talked about that. Yeah, so I I have always been a Conan fan. I um <laughs> I watched him when I was like, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, I watched you when I was like 12, and then I just like didn't watch you. I was just so like Conan on brand for him, right? Um, but I love the podcast because I love Sona Mofsesian. I I love, um, what's the, Matt Gorley. <laughs> I love Matt Gorley. Um, and I love that they get, I, lo I love that it's just like, it's not, it's not hard, like hardly produced. It's not like scripted. It's, it's truly just like three buds hanging out and like, and they're all like really, really funny, you know? They're so fun. Sona makes me laugh so hard. Because mm -hmm. like, you know, I'm, you know, Conan obviously isn't like a complete jerk to her in real life, but the way they play it up kills me every single time. Who's been your favorite guest? Oh, I thought Colin Quinn was hilarious. Oh, that was a good one. I thought Colin Quinn was hilarious. I have not listened to the most recent one, which is Kristen Chenoweth. Mm. Um, but, you know, I, I really love um, Colin Quinn. They're, they're, uh, they relate to each other on their Irish heritage. It's yes. <laughs> very funny. <laughs> um, but I I don't know if you have been following up with this, but have you been entering? They're, they're doing like a golden ticket kind of like thing. Have you been doing that? No, I never. I, never I want I want to be on Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend so badly. <laughs> I have been. Yeah, I don't have um, cable, so I haven't been able, they do like it on the TBS commercials, but like, 
I so I I followed them on Instagram. I've been listening to the podcast. I I got two golden tickets that I like entered. It brings you to like this Google Doc that you have to like answer these questions. And of course, I answered them all like like a joke, right? But I I want to be on that podcast so badly. And maybe if I talk about it on our podcast, I could get those connections to his podcast. So um, if anyone's listening from Team Coco, or maybe Conan, if you're listening. Matt Worley, I think, would be, of of those three people, I think Matt would be the one. You think Matt? Okay, so Matt, um, I need to to talk to you. (laughs) I'm really, I, I really like, Conan O'Brien on and off occasionally. <laughs> I would love to be on the podcast. Um, I, I just, I, I love it. I love it so much. And I think, you know, I think Conan is relatable and mm-hmm. he carries this, um, this, in, uh, it, it, obviously his, his humor is like very self-deprecating, but it's also a humility that a lot of people can relate to. He's my favorite talk show host. Yeah. I mean, I I grew up watching Stephen Colbert and I I like Stephen Colbert, but Conan O'Brien, he is, his humor, amazing. The self-deprecating stuff, again, really, really funny. But the moments where he's like intense honesty, I remember um, when he had Stephen Colbert on. Mm -hmm. Um, That was such an honest episode. Um, And just... Have, hearing them talk about uh, just their family dynamics and stuff and their hardships. It was like, mm-hmm. if that's what makes it a great show, I think that there are moments where I just like, oh my gosh, you know, Conan's also a very sensitive person and relatable. He also happens to be one of the funniest people on the planet. Too. <laughs> uh, what are your other ones? Um, so then I have No Ordinary Days, which I'm going to shout out my, uh, my other podcast besides the Broken Art Podcast, the best podcast on Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other podcasts that I listen to are from my friends. Uh, so one of them is No Ordinary Days, um, co-produced by my friend Lauren Boyd. Uh, she, I went to college with her. She's in the performing arts and she started this podcast with her friend. And I think it's very lovely. And they talk about um, the arts and COVID and, and everything like that. Um, and so that's that's been really amazing to follow her journey. I also want to give a huge, huge, huge shout out to the Show Doctors podcast, which is the podcast of my roommate slash cousin uh, who lives right on the other side of this wall um does he hear you giving him a shout out do you think i don't know maybe i should be quiet yeah (laughs) i really like his podcast it's really good so it's it's a podcast between uh he and his sister um and i love them both dearly joe christensen and emily christensen um and they they're show doctors you know they talk about all things like anything entertainment shows musicals uh movies they they have this immense um history and knowledge and and just appreciation for entertainment and the arts and okay 
But Emily's been a, a performer her whole life. Job has been a performer his whole life. Um, and he's uh, he's been on Broadway and like just has this immense, immense knowledge. And they work really, really well together. And it's very poignant. And so I will throw a huge shout out if you want to go check out their podcast. I think they just finished uploading their first season. So congratulations, show doctors. And go go like and subscribe their podcast, leave a review, do all that fun stuff. There are there are podcast cousins. Yes. Aww. That means I'm Job's cousin. Yes. Yes. Oh, that I means we're related. I love Job. He doesn't we don't know each other that well, but I always admire, I've admired him for many. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so those i mean that's literally it. i really don't listen to podcasts i think um conan was my top one because i think i just sat at work and listened i think it was like 10 episodes in a day <laughs> <Just> like yikes <laughs> but those summer s'mores man i oh eat i i eat those up summer <laughs> the dana carvey ones uh yeah. <laughs> sorry um okay i okay so number five i'm gonna go five to one because i care about structure on this podcast um, my co-host doesn't um conan o'brien needs a friend that's your my, fifth that's my fifth i love the show so much um but i'm i'm kind of picky like if I really know the person, I'll listen to it. If I don't know the person, I'm kind of like, and hey, whatever. My favorite episode of his is the one with Jeff Goldblum. My gosh, hilarious! I was I was trying hard not to like laugh so loud that like everyone was looking at me because the room was quiet. <laughs> so funny! I also love the Tina Fey episode, and I love the yes. John Mulaney one and the Nick Kroll one as well. Oh, of course, of course. uh, But the, oh my gosh, Jeff Goldblum's absolute favorite. Um, Number four is this podcast called the Triforce podcast. Um, It features these three uh, video game streamers. And I've been watching them on their YouTube channels um, for 10 years. Literally 10 years. I've been watching their stuff on YouTube for 10 years. Um, and they have the, this podcast that they've been doing for about three years now, two or three years. Um, it's They just talk about um, video games and stuff, and two of them are dads, so they talk about being dads and stuff. One of them is a bachelor. Um, <clears throat> they're really funny. They're British. They really don't have it. Well, two are British, one's Canadian. Um, but they're just old and crabby sometimes, and I love it. Um, <laughs> next up, I have the podcast My Brother, My Brother and Me, or Mabimba Bam. Um, it features the McElroy brothers, um, Griffin, Travis, and um, oh crap, and Justin, Griffin, Travis, and Justin. Um, the two of them were writers for um, this um, game article online news thing called uh, Polygon. Um, they since created their own thing, but they have this whole entire podcast network. And I, I love, they're so funny. They read um, Yahoo questions and stuff and they give bad advice 
Um, right. And that was our, our um, inspiration for our, our bad advice episode. Oh, I love them so much. The next one is um, last podcast on the left. Um, you know, these three guys who talk about like all things like supernatural and true crime. Um, 18 or older to listen to that one. Um, it's, it's so, they're so crap. They're just so funny. They're, they're just so, 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 so anyone over the age of 18, listen to it. It's so, so funny. And then my top one, again, nerdiness drag is a podcast called not another D and D podcast. It's called Mad Pod. Oh my God. Okay. For those of you who don't know, I love Dungeons and Dragons. I'm a D&D player. Um, I run three campaigns right now, three different tabletop RPG. What? You're supposed to be my best friend in supporting me, not being, but you, get your hand out of your face. This is, this is for, this is the most open I've ever been on this podcast. So if you know how big I am on like being private on the show, but like this, I'm exposing myself. I need you to like really support me. Okay, moving on. Mad Pod. Um, I've listened apparently to 5,100 minutes of it this year. Um, there's 100 episodes in this um, campaign. It's with people who did college humor. Um, oh, Ryan great. Emily Axford, Caldwell Tanner, and um, Jake Hurwitz. So, like, longtime college uh, humor veterans. Um, Caldwell is an animator. Right now, um, um, J- 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 Jake Hurwitz, he uh, currently has like two businesses happening in Emily and uh, Murph. Uh, they have their own TV show out as well. So like they're like legit people, but these four comedians just get on and like make Dungeons and Dragons so funny. And I've like laughed so hard listening to them, but I've also cried really hard as well um, whoa great some great like ideas and concepts that the dungeon master brian murphy comes up with um i'm almost done with their first campaign there's 100 episodes i think i'm like episode 70 um already but yeah um nabpod n-a-d-d-p-o-d i think they just started their second campaign which i'm not caught up to yet so yeah callie I guess you don't support me if you're laughing at me. I do support you. I'm just playing it up for the podcast. Oh, that! Oh, we're entertainers. That's we're right. entertainers. All right. Out of the two of us, how many? Uh, out of the two of us, who do you think has listened to more minutes on Spotify this year? I think just because I listen to podcasts so much, I think I do. I, I think I listen to more minutes on Spotify. Okay, I'm gonna guess your minutes listened. Okay. Okay. Right. Um. Okay. So knowing that podcast thing. Oh, geez. I'm gonna say somewhere in the seventy thousands. I'm going to say 75,642 minutes. Wow, that's really specific. That's really specific. Okay, let me guess you real quick. Um, okay. 
you think I listened to that myth? I'm gonna say actually. That 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 you said you said a number that changes my answer a little bit. I think sixty thousand. Like okay. sixty thousand five hundred. Okay. Um should I reveal mine? Yeah, you should reveal yours first. Fifty-one thousand. Fifty-one. That's still a lot. That's still a lot. That's a lot more than me, and I listen to a lot of music. How how many minutes did you have? Twenty-nine thousand. Three hundred ninety-nine. That's really really high. So I thought, oh crap, she probably listened to like a lot more than like I originally thought. No, totally. No, I only listened to twenty-nine thousand. Less than 30,000 minutes. What? I thought I thought it was a music appreciator. I guess not. Maybe I have to listen um, to more Dungeon and Dragons podcasts. 2,000 more. 20,000 <laughs> more minutes. About. Um, all right. So let's go to our last category, which is top artists. Can we go back and forth for this sure. one? Sure. My number five, Corey Wong who is an amazing guitarist. He's a funk guitarist. He is part of Wolfpack, so it makes sense. So Corey Wong has his own music. Therefore, I listen to Corey Wong. Corey Wong is my number five. My number five is Dan Heim. What's Dan Heim? I thought you said Sondheim. <clears throat> no, 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 not Sondheim. I thought it was Sondheim when I first read it. No, Danheim. Danheim. And I didn't know who that was. I looked at it and hand to God, I did not know who that was. <laughs> For one of my campaigns that's like based, my one of my beans, that's based off like old Scandinavia and stuff. And, and I use a lot of music in my campaign whatever dan heim is someone that i get a lot of the scandinavian nordic music from um so he's my number what the heck is your spotify rewind <laughs> i just with i did i with every answer i'm like oh yeah no he's covered all of the bases now but now this scandinavian artist who <laughs> Don't worry, it gets worse. All right, you're number four. Okay, number four. Everyone, I mean, and this should be everyone on everyone's list. Yeah. But my number four is Elton John. Oh, good. Yeah. Good for you. That's know, I'm pretty proud of that. That's a good, I it's a that. solid, solid uh, top artist for me. Okay. Listen. <laughs> God. Number four. Number four, Adventure Time. No. no. Okay, you see, I I was playing it up. I was playing it up before. This genuine disappointment. I, I what? Are you serious? Have you? Okay, so Adventure Time was a show that was around when we were in our early teens. Okay. And I never made it past like the first season. And this was my quarantine. This was my first quarantine show was Adventure Time. Cause I, I hear it's like one of the 
literally one of the best animated series out there. What's going on? And I watched the entire thing. And when I tell you no TV, like series has ever made me cry at a finale more than Adventure Time. And the music, you do not get to be disappointed in me because the music that they have in this show is phenomenal. I guess I don't, I, I really truly don't have a space to talk because I did never, I never got into Adventure Time. I, you gotta get, the music is so good. I'm gonna send you one of the songs after this. Everything Stays is one of my favorite songs. If you send me a song, my algorithm's gonna be messed up and I'm gonna have a bunch have of recommendations from Adventure Time. Listen to this podcast? <laughs> have you heard what my, who, the algorithm is just as confused as you are about me. <laughs> my number four is Adventure Time for 2020. Please tell me your number three. Number three is one of my all-time favorite artists. I love this gal, and I I emulate a lot of my own stuff after her. Leanne LaHavis. And if you don't know who this is for some reason, get on that train, girl. Get on that train. She is stunning. I would recommend going to theyoutubes.com and looking up her NPR Tiny Desk. And it is fan-friggin-tastic. So... Go ahead. Oh my gosh. She's British and she's gorgeous. Oh my British. gosh. No, I've never I've never listened to her before. I'll, I'll definitely um look her up and stuff. Did you hear how I was supportive right there? You know, just Did you hear how I didn't judge you? Just let's move on. No. <laughs> number three. Genuine. This number three shocked me. The original Broadway cast of Hamilton. I have not binged Hamilton since 2017. How is that my number three? I've been pretty like trusting of the Spotify algorithm, but not once in this entire year do I remember listening to the entirety of Hamilton. I do not. Hmm. Not. I don't know. I honestly don't know because well, the film version came out this year, but I I watched the film version. I didn't like. I listened to a couple songs like jog my memory, but I I honestly don't know, Kelly. I don't know how that got there. I love Hamilton. It's probably. Um, the best show of the 2010s that's been ever written, probably one of the top five shows of the past 50 years, of course, it's amazing. Mm -hmm. But I don't know, Lynn? Lynn, I know that you jacked my Spotify. I think I think Lynn signed in. Lynn, <laughs> Lynn took my contact. <laughs> I honestly don't know how that got there. I'm not mad about it. But I do not remember listening to, wait, there was, like, <laughs> you know, there was like a week after it came out that I listened to it. But I didn't listen to, I don't think I listened to the whole thing through. So I don't know where that hmm. came from. Honestly, I don't know. I don't know. Well, not mad about it. Okay. 
See, I'll support that. Yeah, yeah, okay. Did you okay. support my D&D stuff or my love for anime? I just, I, I refuse to support things that I willingly don't understand or give energy to. <laughs> well, talk about it. Come on, this is a broken art podcast. I know we have to come together because it's a good lesson to give out to our audience. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Gave you the grumpy cereal this morning. I think it's the chair. I think I'm just in a relaxed <laughs> mode right now. I <laughs> just really don't. Cereal and a coffee pot full of rusty nails. Oh my God. <laughs> I love you, Gibby, and I love your music choices. And don't. <laughs> Give me your number two so I can go home and cry. My number two um, is, needless to say, Theo Katzman. We love number one. I well. <laughs> Both of them are the okay. <laughs> number one and number two. <laughs> no. Okay. Any, but I mean, the, the, this just goes to show if, if you if you get any good vibes from my personality, you'll probably like the music that I like too. So get on that Theo Kathman train, y'all. So my number two is the cool group Conspirare. And number one is the conductor of that group, Craig Hella Johnson. I love me some Craig Hella Johnson. Craig Hella Johnson, uh, phenomenal, amazing composer, philosopher, all of these. Craig Hella Johnson, Conspirare. Why are they my top two? Back in, oh my gosh, when was it? This was back in February. I, I think I may have talked about this on the podcast a little bit, but uh, Rick L. Johnson made this beautiful, absolutely amazing work called Considering Matthew Shepard. Um, and if you don't know um, who Matthew Shepard is, um, he was a member of the LGBTQ community um, who was murdered um, in Wyoming uh, many, many years ago. Uh, but not too many years ago where it's it's not ancient history. It's a real thing um, that we still need to think about and talk about. And Craig Hell Johnson wrote this absolutely beautiful work about uh, Matthew and his life and his legacy and a choral group in the area in Duluth, uh, the Twin Ports Choral Project, which is conducted by the first guest of our podcast, uh, Dr. Brett Amundsen. Um, uh, he, he and the Twin Ports Choral Project put on Considering Matthew Shepard. And when I saw, when I tell you, when I tell you that it is the best live performance I've ever seen, and I think this is the most important piece of music that I've ever listened to. Like if you have not, Listen, I'm sure that a lot of our listeners have not listened to Considering Matthew Shepard if they're not part of like the choral classical music scene, but there are so many genres. There's, there's like jazz, there's like, there's the choir stuff. There's like this uh, percussion section. There are just so many beautiful, there's country and it, it's, it is the most important work that I've ever heard. I love Handel's Messiah. Before this, I thought Handel's Messiah was the most important work I've ever listened to. 
concerning Matthew Shepard is please, please listen to it. Like it's not an option. Listen to it. After that, you can even pause the podcast right now. Go listen to it. Have a good cry. Really think about it, then come back. So I'm surprised that's there. But I remember falling asleep to the soundtrack for like two two weeks, mm-hmm. for two weeks because it was just so so amazing. So those are my top two. I'm surprised, but definitely glad so I could talk about considering Matthew Shepard. Right. Hi everyone, it's Adam here. Um, I just wanted to um, kind of plug the Matthew Shepard Foundation um, and kind of amplify uh, Matthew's story and um, what people are doing in his honor after um, his death. Um, on October 7th, 1998, Matthew Shepard, a 21-year-old student at the University of Wyoming, was brutally attacked and tied to a fence in a field outside of Laramie, Wyoming, and left to die. On October 12th, Matt succumbed to his wounds in a hospital in Fort Collins, Colorado. In the aftermath of Matt's death, his parents, Judy and Dennis Shepard, started the Matthew Shepard Foundation to honor his life and aspirations. Inspired by the tragedy they endured, the initial purpose of the foundation was to teach parents with children who may be questioning their sexuality to love and accept them for who they are and not throw them away. Through their personal appearances across the country and around the world, Judy and Dennis Shepard are changing hearts and minds by sharing Matt's story and highlighting the importance of standing up for the LGBT community. Since the formation, the foundation has helped pioneer the country's first federal hate crimes legislation with the passing of the Matthew Shepard and James Byrd Jr. Hate Crimes Prevention Act in 2009, provided hate crimes training to 1,060 law enforcement officers and 76 prosecutors since May of 2017 created dialogue about hate and acceptance within communities around the world and built a robust collection of resources to support the Laramie Project and other legacy work inspired by Matt's story. It is their sincerest hope that one day the foundation may be able to close its doors, but the same hate and violence that sparked the foundation's formation still exists today, both at home and abroad. They will continue to work tirelessly to ensure safety, visibility, and inclusiveness for the entire LGBT community until that ideal becomes a reality. Um, if this story um, touched or inspired you, please go to matthewshepherd.org. Um, there you can find a tab where you can donate to this foundation and help educate and protect um, everyone that's a part of this nation and helping uh, Matt's story um, get the volume that it deserves. Um, I love you all and hope you all have a great week. Right, yeah, my number one is no surprise, I mean, Jeez, I am just so predictable. My number one is Wolfpack. Of course. Wolfpack. 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 Which um, I also, since moving to New York, I got to see them live at Madison Square 
garden y'all serious yeah like a week after i landed they were playing here and i had bought my ticket like like a couple days before moving and so after one week of being in new york city for like the first time ever i'm like i'm gonna go see my favorite band at madison square garden at a sold out show like it was unreal and they they um had all these like handheld cameras that they like tossed around throughout the stage and the stage itself was so nice it it was all the old furniture from their roots from when they started in the, the basement of jack's apartment you know like so they brought all those actual pieces of furniture on the stage and so people are just hanging out on the couches there's like all these little nuances that happen up on stage that only those cameras saw and they uploaded their live concert with that footage onto youtube um i mean this band i just their marketing strategy is genius mm-hmm. i am slowly but surely uh digging holes in my pockets uh for any kind of merch that I can. <laughs> I mean, they're they're absolutely fantastic. So I, I can't recommend them enough. And also in my top three out of my top five are it's Wolfpack, Theo Katzman, and Corey Wong, which That's Theo Katzman and Corey cool. Wong are part of Wolfpack. So I admire your consistency. Like honestly, I think that's so cool. Right. I really think that's really cool. Yeah, I mean, you know, once you find stuff that speaks to you, I mean, like, you know, you, I, and I tend to be like that, I think. I, every, like, couple of years, I'll kind of, kind of shift my music. Like, if, like, before this phase, I was kind of in, like, the more Alabama Shakes, um, a, a lot more Leon Mojave's, um, but yeah, so like I feel like every couple of years I, I, I usually stick to like an album or like an artist and I'll just listen to them. Um, but my love for Wolfpack isn't going away soon. So my love for D is not going away. And I will get over that. You'll get over it. <laughs> and I'll send you music from Adventure Time and we're gonna listen to it together after the podcast. Okay. I listen to one. And you're gonna be okay with it, okay? This is this feels reminiscent of like mom telling me that I need to finish my broccoli before I can have dessert. <laughs> oh my gosh, Callie, where can they find us? <laughs> you can find us at Broken Art Podcast at Gmail. Wait, what am I saying? Yeah, this is that's you, you right. Can, you can find us at our email, okay? You can find us at Broken Art Podcast, wherever you listen to your podcast. Maybe it's Spotify. Maybe it's Apple. We're not going to talk about Apple. We'll talk about Spotify. Um, but <laughs> it's just the Apple, like, rewind is not as good. <laughs> anyway, uh, you can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Broken Art Podcast or Broken Art Pod on Twitter. Um, you can submit any questions that you have. If you want us to answer them on the podcast, that would be pretty cool. Uh, using the hashtag Buppod wherever uh, you want to do that. And yeah. And, and happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy, 
Happy birthday, happy, happy birthday, day. Oh. happy birthday to Also send us an email if you want me to do a DD one shot with Callie. No! Uh, always, everyone, take your broken art, make it into art. We will see you next time. Goodbye. Bye.